Please join me in the prayer for illumination. Let us pray. Holy God, help us as we read these scriptures together. Bring your understanding and reveal your truth. We want to be continually challenged, transformed, and renewed. We focus on you, your holy word, and read and draw close to you. Our scripture reading today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse um, 23 through 25. Hear these words. All the things I do are for the sake of the gospel, so I can be a partner with it. Don't you know that all the runners in the stadium run, but only one gets the prize, so run to win. Everyone who competes um, practices self-discipline and everything. The runners do this to get a crown of leaves that shrivel up and die. Oh, we do it to receive a crown that never dies. The word of God for the people of God. first part. That's it. 13 gold. <laughs> He's got 13. 13 number one finishes. The guy who had 12 number one finishes before Michael Phelps beat him was this guy. One more. Yeah, that guy. Leonidas of Rhodes. The, the record was over 2,000 168 years old. Untouchable. There's no need to really challenge yourself if you can't beat the record, right? But Michael Phelps said, no, I'm going to take the guy down a peg. I took him down a peg. He became the most accomplished Olympian with first place finishes. It's crazy. And uh, Michael Phelps was not really like the youngest guy on the team. He's pretty old for a, uh, a swimmer, kind of in the Olympian category, if you will. And uh, he definitely challenged himself by reaching out for that extra gold. Who knows, right? Lots of us challenge ourselves in physical ways, whether it's uh, couch to 5K or kind of uh, reading um, more books or something like that. Recently, I've been back at the rec center and I noticed uh, I was there kind of as I got appointed down here like Jackson. I joined the rec center and started working out and then New Year's, uh, New Year's came around. And all of a sudden, the uh, attendance at the gym skyrocketed and people were on my machines. And I was like, what are y'all doing? It's okay. Like, we begin to challenge ourselves, and it's what we're supposed to do, right? Challenging and kind of stretching beyond our comfort zone. We challenge ourselves mentally all the time. You pick up a new hobby, woodworking or painting or don't know what it might be. Pick up a new hobby, challenge yourself mentally, sort of grow in that regard. Read more books. But how many of us challenge ourselves spiritually? <coughs> 
We often don't think about how we are growing spiritually, and we often don't think about how we can challenge ourselves spiritually. Chapel always talks about taking your, your next step in your faith journey. It's one way that we kind of think about how we need to grow spiritually. How can we challenge ourselves continuously in our walk with Christ? One more, Jake. Thanks. So Lent is just around the corner. Often people think about giving uh, something up for Lent as a way of sort of challenging yourself, and you can certainly do that. I've given up chocolate before. That was not fun. I love chocolate. My office is just down the hall. You can put chocolate in my office. Uh, I've given up going out for lunch. I've given up uh, soda. I've given up caffeine. That was awful. I was just a miserable Christian for 40 days as I gave up caffeine. I've done it though. Um, you name it, I've sort of given up things. This year God is calling me to give up uh, daddy's six pack of milk and cookies. Uh, so it's something that I think, I think God's challenging and calling me to, to be sacrificial in that regard. I don't know what God is, is calling you to give up during Lent, to sort of maybe challenge yourself and grow uh, continuously in Lent. I don't know what it is, but I encourage you to listen and hear God's voice in that. And to honor that. Um, you can give something up. Lent is also an awesome opportunity as we talk about what it means to sort of challenge ourselves continuously. It's a good opportunity to add something to your spiritual walk with the Lord. Um, recently I was reading a book called Faithful Families. It's a great resource if you're interested. I got a copy up here in the pew. You can talk to me after service about it. And uh, she gives a resource about this thing called a giving box. And so you see, the idea is you take a box and you let your kiddos decorate it, right? They put giving on it and you sit it right next to the pantry. And then every day during Lent, you go to the pantry, you reach in the back, right? Where all the stuff gets pushed. <laughs> or you grab something from the front. It doesn't matter. You grab something and you put it in the giving box. And at the end of the four days of Lent, you take that box. We're going to take it down to the food basket and, clue, and give it away. And it's an opportunity for us as a family to kind of stretch, and we've never done this as a family, right? It's kind of an experiment. We're going to stretch and try and challenge ourselves uh, to sort of give in this regard during the Lenten season. So today, the question that we need to wrestle with is how are you challenging yourself spiritually? We've already talked about people like Michael Phelps who push the limits of human physicality and ability to challenge oneself physically. We've talked about kind of challenging yourself mentally. But how are you challenging yourself spiritually here in this faith family? Because the danger, right, is that we neglect the spiritual. No one in this room would say, oh yeah, you, sh you shouldn't ever like work out. It's a terrible idea. No, your doctor says it all the time, right? Get more exercise. You're like, oh, fine, I know. I should challenge myself and get more exercise. So we'd all say that spiritual stuff is good, and we'd all say, yeah, mental. Go to school. School's good. Challenge yourself mentally. Good idea. But we often don't talk about that third component in our life. How do you challenge yourself spiritually so that you can sort of grow? During this uh, series, we've been walking through a, a book called Seven Things John Wesley Thought We Should Teach Our Children. Uh, it's by Christopher Ritter, and it's a fantastic book. I encourage you to check it out. And we've been talking about what it is to kind of teach our children intentionally, to know them personally, to pray with them deeply and passionately. Today we're talking about how we need to challenge ourselves continually, and then next week we're going to close out with how we care for them practically. 
A little while ago we heard this scripture. All the things I do are for the sake of the gospel. So I can be a partner with it. Don't you know that all the runners in the stadium run, but only one gets the prize? So run to win. Everyone who competes practices self-discipline and everything. The runners do this to get a crown of leaves that shrivel up and die, but we do it to receive a crown that never dies. So why do I do all this stuff? Why in the world would I get a box and put silly words like giving box on it and put it next to the pantry during Lent? Why would I do this? Why would I pray with my children? Why, why would we do this as a faith family? We do it so that we can partner with the gospel. We do it as a means of taking our next steps as we seek to raise a generation in faith here at Chapelwood. We have to challenge ourselves continually so that we're able to steward those opportunities when children are around. It's been my experience that if we don't continually challenge ourselves spiritually, we sort of plateau and stagnate. I think the temptation is to say that I have arrived. I've been going to church for 40 years. I am about as mature as it gets in the faith. This is the temptation we have, is to say that we are done in our walk, that we have done all that we can, we've done the giving, we've done the prayers, and I am fully, fully mature. And maybe folks don't say that, right? You may not know anyone who said that, but I think folks say that with their actions. In college, I had the opportunity, let's go one more. In college, I had the opportunity to travel out to California. If you've never been to Kings Canyon and Sequoia National Park, put it on your bucket list. You have to go. These trees are the stuff of legend. Uh, you can read some stories about people like Tolkien, who wrote The Lord of the Rings, and uh, Lewis, who wrote Chronicles of Narnia, and how they were inspired by photographs and visiting these places where the, the redwoods reach past the clouds, just huge trees. Some of these trees, right, have been, uh, back in the day, they were logged, so they've fallen over, and you can see the crosscut of the tree, right? You see the, the heart of the wood, that spot right in the middle, and then all these things called the growth rings, and they go out and out and out and out and out. The thing that I find fascinating about these trees, these giants of the forest, is <laughs> that the tree never stops growing. And you look at the rings and you talk to a park ranger if you were there and you say, well, why is this ring so big? And they say, oh, that was a really, really fertile year. Tons of rain in our valley. It just brought in lots of nutrients from the soil and that tree just took off. It was a good year for that tree. And then right next to it, you see this like a little sliver. You're like, maybe there's a, a growth ring there. Like, is there? And they say, absolutely, there's a growth ring there. The tree didn't grow that much. There was a, a drought. We didn't have a whole lot of rain. There weren't a whole lot of nutrients. It was a hard year for that tree. And you say, well, what about that scar right there? That, 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 uh, what about that year? That was the year of the fire and the tribulation for that tree. It was a hard year for the forest. But you'll notice that the tree kept growing. It didn't say, oh, look at the bounty. I don't have to grow anymore. It didn't say, oh, there's no nutrients here. I guess I just got to shrivel up and can't grow. It didn't say, oh, fire's scary. It hurts. I'm done. I can't, I can't step outside. I'm not going to do, do it ever again. No, the tree perseveres. The tree keeps growing. I think it's a powerful metaphor for our life as well. That we always seek to take our next step in our faith journey with Christ. We look for opportunities where God is challenging us to grow continuously past our comfort zone. 
So some of you might be saying, okay, I get it. I, I need to sort of step up. I need to challenge myself a little more in the spiritual department. I go to the gym, but, you know, I don't really think about praying a whole lot. It's okay. You, I get it. So how and where can you start to challenge yourself spiritually? I think the first place that we can begin to grow spiritually is in our prayer walk. Um, you might have recalled during the past couple weeks, we've done some uncomfortable things during our prayer time. We've used the acrostic acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication as a sort of framework for how we engage prayer. And then we've done like the interesting thing of sitting there with our body in a particular way, using our palms. We've uh, had palms down where we gave things to God, and we moved our palms up to receive things from God. This is a great opportunity for you to practice a little bit of the tools that we're doing during our prayer time and your own personal prayer time at home. Hopefully, some of the, the tools that we've been doing during our time of prayer can be used with your family, with your grandchildren, with your nieces and your nephews and your Sunday school class. Maybe uh, a good opportunity is to shake up your rhythm at home. And the opportunity to pray is every night before you go to bed. And this is, I think, a huge growing edge for a lot of us. Um, a lot of folks know you might go to church, right? A lot of folks know that you're a Christian. Maybe you got the bumper sticker on the back of your car, whatever it might be, I don't know. But people might know that you are a Christian. I think that this is a huge opportunity for you to practice prayer in your workplace or at school. You might have a close friend. I want to encourage you in the coming weeks to ask that friend or that coworker, say, Hey, um, how can I pray for you this week? What an opportunity to kind of continually grow yourself and stretch beyond sort of your comfort zone, asking someone how you can pray for them and then praying for them. Another opportunity to sort of continually challenge ourselves is to grow in our service. I talked a little bit about that almsgiving box that we're going to do during Lent. It's one of the kind of the pillars of Lenten practice. Uh, we talk about uh, prayer during Lent. We talk about uh, giving alms. And the reason why this is so important for me as a person and for my family is because I don't recognize how materialism has got a hold on my spirit. And so giving, yes, tithing, but giving to, the, to those who have uh, less than my family is an opportunity to sort of stretch and grow and break the hold of materialism on my spirit. It's amazing how the physical stuff impacts how I can grow spiritually. It's a, a great opportunity. We can grow in service by helping with the food basket. Um, if you haven't been down to the food basket, I would encourage you to go. They got opportunities all across the board, from actually working in the garden, if you got a green thumb, from moving and stocking shelves, if you got little ones. My kid loves to go in there and move cans around. He does it wrong, and I gotta go behind him, but you get the idea. It's an opportunity to challenge ourselves continually and to grow in service with something you may not be doing, and that's all right. The third one is there'll be an opportunity coming up in March, how we can grow in our service with our Serve Weekend. Uh, the serve committee's put together an awesome lineup. You'll hear a little bit more about that later on the service, so just tune in for some of those dates and times. And so where do we go from here? A few takeaways from this series as we seek to raise a generation of faith. You've heard us say a couple things over and over again. Why in the world do we need to challenge ourselves continually? First, because it's difficult to lead where you haven't been. It is so difficult 
to pray with the child if you don't know what prayer is. It is difficult to serve alongside a child if you've never engaged in service. And the time to start is right now. Right now. Something else that you've heard us say sort of over and over again in this series is more is caught than taught. Little ones are, are watching all the time, listening all the time, sort of absorbing. We need to make sure that they're catching the right stuff. And so we have to challenge ourselves to not be complacent in our faith walk so that when children are watching and listening, they're catching the right stuff. And so we challenge ourselves so that we continue to grow and we don't say, oh no, I have arrived, I'm done. And so when you're still 70, 80, 90, and you are still serving and you're still praying, those little kids say, well, if they're doing it, maybe I can do it too. And you can walk alongside them in that. I think the major takeaway for us is that no matter where you are, God is always calling us to grow a little bit and be challenged outside of our comfort zone. God promises to walk with us, to send the Spirit, and to guide our steps and our actions so we're not alone in this endeavor. And also we have the community of faith around us to walk alongside us. So may we be the sort of community that doesn't value complacency, but values challenging ourselves as we seek to raise a generation of faith. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.